And we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. I just want to also just, you know, let's just remember to lift up all those. We got several out on vacation today and we got some that aren't feeling well. So let's just remember to lift them all up to the Lord this morning and as um, we continue in our worship. You know, I also thank the Lord for his blessing upon his word, his anointing upon the word this morning. And we thank him for that. You know that um, we're talking about agape love this morning. And, you know, I, 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 do you know that we're all called to love? We're all called to, and we're going to talk about that, but we're all called to be that agape love to those around us, that God kind of love. And, you know, we all have a specific calling, right? We all have a specific thing that God has called us to do, whether it be just, whether it just be whatever. I don't mean to say just be like this, not important, but if it's just prayer, if it's just this, whatever it is, God's given us a specific calling. And, but the most important calling that we have above all that is to share his love. That, you know, and, and we'll talk about that. Paul talks about that. Um, anything you do that's not done in love is really not any good much. And we don't do things just because, well, you know, when you got something to do, just like we have vacation about, well, we got to do it, so let's just do it. And, and it's hard and it's tough. But no, we do it because of the love that God has in for us. You know, and because we want to reach our community and those around us and the world. And, you know, I kind of give you a little small, small little summary of we had one parent that their child goes to preschool and they sent Miss Crystal a little note. And it was just awesome. Maybe we'll have to put it out there somehow if you can read it. But how her little three-year-old had really this, this past week after VBS had really been just excited about God, excited about Jesus and and uh, even took a little girl by the hand in the playground and said, you know, Jesus' power. Wow. Jesus' power, you know, um, helps us through. And that's important. That that's what we do that for, is, is for that. We've had several good things, but that was just a special one that, that, that was shared with us this week. And so... We're going to talk about, again, like agape love. So I'm going to just give you a definition of three or four different kinds of love. The first is epithumia, which means a craving, a desire for what is forbidden, lust. Um, it's translated, it's a Greek word, and it's translated love in English. And it means that, that craving, a desire. It's, um, you know, what... When you, it can be a good thing. It's a craving for good things or to do good things. But that's not what Paul was talking about when he's talking about the fruits of the Spirit. And we'll talk about, well, I'll read you that scripture in a moment. But there's, so there's a different kind of love. This is not the kind of love we're talking about this morning. Then there's eros love, which is uh, uh, erotic or sexual love. That's something that God gave us for, for our, our um, spouses and for those. And so it's a, it's a, um, it can mean romantic love. It can just, you know, mean that. But it's not that it's altogether bad, but it's not this word that we're talking about. It's not this word Paul's talking about when he's talking about love. And then there's phileo, which means to approve of, to like, to treat affectionately or kindly, to welcome, to befriend, or to be fond, fond of doing. You know, we could say, I love to go hiking. I love hot dogs. I love, you know, this. I love that. We have a, a love that we like it, but that's not what Paul's talking about either. And there's nothing, you know, I love my friends. I love spending time. It's a great word, and we do need to have that kind of love, but this is not what we're talking about this morning. This is not what Paul's talking about when he's talking about in the Scripture, when he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. It's not that kind of love. So let's go to read Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and control. There is no law against these things. So Paul is telling us about the fruits of the Spirit. 
And we're focusing in on, on love this morning, God's agape love. So when Paul's talking about that love, he's talking about the God kind of love, which goes deeper and more than any of these other things, deeper than just the brotherly love. It's, it's deeper than that. It's stronger than that. And in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. The greatest is love. So it brings us to agape love. Agapo or agape is what the Bible says we should have as a result of God's spirit living on the inside of us. When God comes and lives on the inside of us, when we accept Christ, when we allow his Holy Spirit to, to um, control us, that's the kind of love that comes into us. And it's only through God that you can have that type of love, that you can have that agape love. Um, and this word actually, agape love, it wasn't used a whole lot in the Greek culture at the time. When the, when the New Testament book was written, it wasn't used that much. It was more of like a church word. You know, it was used in the church, but as far as the whole um, nation, or the, the whole Greek culture, it wasn't used that much. And um, believers used it to express God's unconditional love, the kind of love, agape love. So when they talk about this, when Paul's talking about this, he's pulling this in the context of the church. You know, we, we hear love and we just think all kinds of things. Oh, I love this, I love that. And, you know, it, it's, um, but that's not God's agape love. That's not the God kind of love that we should have as Christians. Yeah, those, we have those loves, but the, the God kind of love is the kind of love that we as Christians need to have and share with each other. And we can't have that type of love except through the Spirit of God. That's the only way that we can have that, that we can feel that kind of love, that we can know, we know how to express that love. And um, so I want to talk a little bit about God's love and what that means and how it was expressed through Jesus. But first of all, I want you to know that God loves you and don't you ever forget it. I don't care where you're at, what, what's happening in your life, how far you down or, 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 or what the circumstances are. God loves you. No matter what, God loves you. And, you know, I'm going to give you a few statements and, um, in, in my research and stuff that it says, love is the premier teaching of Christianity and an underlying expression of Jesus' doctrine. In other words, love is the main teaching of Christianity. It's the main thing. It's the main thing. And, and, and it, it's an expression of who Jesus was and what Jesus was trying to show us and what Jesus was to us. Love. It's that agape love. It's what Jesus came here on the earth to do. This statement was, it's more potent for the building of the church than any of, in any or all of the manifest, manifestations of God's power. You know, there are great manifestations of God's power. There's, there, 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 you know, we, 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 he, there's healing. There's, there's um, you know, miracles that happen. There's moving of the mountains. There's all kinds of things. But love is the greatest, the strongest of all that. It's the strongest thing in the church. It's what builds the church. It what, it's what makes the church go. If we didn't have that agape love, that kind of love, you know, not just the, like the phileo, not just I love my brother, but it's God's love that gives you purpose and it makes you want to do things that normally, you, you know, you, you love your brother, right? You love your friend and there are things you will do for him. But when that agape love comes in, you'll do things for him that you wouldn't do you know, you say, well, man, that's, that's a lot of work. I'm not really going to do that. I'll just love them. But when God's agape love comes in, you do it. And that's the reason we as Christians, we as the church do a lot of things. That's the reason we, 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 we reach out to our community. That's the reason we reach out to our brothers and sisters. That's the reason we go to other nations. Like we go to Nicaragua here. That's one of our, our main focuses of our missions. And we go there. Why? Because we love we want to share God's agape love. It's something on the inside of you that I really say you really can't explain it. Why did you do that? 
because it's God's love on the inside of me. And, uh, you know, even our, our local missions, like with Mephibosheth Farms, and, um, you know, there's just a love for those kids. There's a love for those people that come and are ministered to. And, and Mike and Ruby, that's their, their calling, but it's not only their calling, but it's, it's the agape love of God working through them. And common heart, the same thing with them, what's working through them. So it's, it's the strongest it's the strongest thing that can build the church if we can operate in this kind of love. Love is the church's effective weapon without which all the various gifts of the spirit are of no avail. You know, we'll talk, we'll read that in a few minutes, but Paul said you can do all these things, but they're like loud clanging symbols, it says in the King James, without love. So you can do things, but if you do it without love, it doesn't mean much. You know, when you get into a, um, to do something, you remember you're doing it and somebody just said, you got to do it. And you say, okay, I'll just do it. And you do it. And well, people know that. If we go, if we go at, at, at vacation Bible school, I'm just giving that example because we just did that. If you go at that with just, I'm going to do it. I got to do it. We got to do it. We got to get it done. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Without like, people know. <laughs> People know what's on it. They feel that love or they feel that frustration, right? Shouldn't be frustration, should be love. Whatever it is that you do, they feel that love and you're like, yeah, I know that they really love me. I mean, there are things that God has us to do, right? Has me to do and you that you just like... But you do it out of love. You do start out of love for your, your family, for your children, for your parents, for your brothers and sisters and your cousins and everything. You do it out of love. You don't do it out of, uh, hopefully you're not doing it out of just duty. But it's real love. Then I'll finish the statement. It says, love is the essence of God's nature as well as perfection of human character. Love is the most powerful, ultimate power in the universe. This is Henry Haley, who wrote Haley's Bible Handbook, that's one of his quotations out of his book. Love is the essence of God's nature as well as the perfection of human character. Love is the most powerful, ultimate power in the universe. Right? And God's love is powerful. So I'm going to just kind of bring us through a little part of, 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 of God's love and of what Jesus did and then what we're supposed supposed to do. First one, God is for us. How many of you know that? Hopefully you know that, that God is for us. You know, um, if you don't know that, then when things happen, you get upset. You get like, why, why did that happen? Why did that happen? You know, you, you have to realize that God is for you. Romans 8, 31. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? So this is Paul. Paul's writing about God's agape love. He's writing about what agape love is. And he's writing about what, what God has done for us and what Jesus has done for us. And he's saying, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? You can really take that. If you, if you take that word God, that God is for us, you really, um, and you, you think about, Paul is taking, he's concluding what he's written about in, in the first part of that chapter about God's freedom, his deliverance and all that. He, he's talking about that, what has previously happened. He's freed us, he's empowered us, he's adopted us, he's transformed us and he's ultimately loved us through all that. So Paul's bringing this to a place and you know, it's, it's not an if, if, oh, if, if God. It's, it's more of a, a more of like a presupposition. It's like, so, so in, in that light, we can read it as since God is for us. Right? He's saying, I've said all this, so since God is for us, then who can be against us? <laughs> Amen? God's up, since God is for us, who can be against us? So there, there's three things I want to, say that about that Jesus did for us 
his purpose, his motivation of, of God's love was three things that basically he came to do and he fulfilled. And the first one is pronouncing and removing a curse. I mean, back in eternity, um, this was planned. God planned it. Jesus planned it. This is what we're going to do. And he's pronouncing and removing a curse. There was a curse put on because of um, who? Adam. Adam and Eve. There was a curse put on humankind. There was a curse put on that. And Jesus came to, to say this is the curse. And he also came to remove it. He came to take our place. He came to be our sacrifice. He came to be our, our, our sacrificial lamb and, and come and say, here it is. Because, you know, in, in the Jewish culture and in, in what God had set, up, set about was that a lamb would be sacrificed to remove your sins basically for a year, kind of in a synopsis. And then you did it all over again the next year and all over it again the next year and all over it again the next year. But Jesus came as the perfect lamb once and for all. And once he came, it was done. So he was pronouncing and he was removing a curse, sending his son to break the power of slavery to sin. So he was breaking that slavery. Not only was he pronouncing and breaking the curse, but he's breaking that slavery, that thing that we have to sin that, that ties us up and we can't break free. So Jesus has given us the power to what? Break free from that, that slavery. And then the th third thing is giving the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to help us live. You know what? God is there for us all the time. And with the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, we have the power to overcome any circumstance. All of life's circumstances. All of them, we have the power through the Holy Spirit to get, get through them, to overcome them, to, to, to know that we're, we are victorious, to know who Jesus is. So God is pro us, right? <laughs> He's for us. He's pro us. And a lot of us can't grasp that. We don't hook on to that. We don't grab hold of that because we, we need to know what Jesus did. We need to know that God is for us. He loves you. He just wants you to come into what he has for you and watch him take your life and transform it and change it and make it into something great and, and accomplish things that you need to accomplish. Luke 19, 10, for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. So when we see that, that that's the reason Christ came, he came to seek, us, seek man out and he came to save man. That's his purpose. And he did it, what? Because of his love. He was the ultimate expression of God's love. And that's why we are to follow in his footsteps. That's why we are to, to focus on him. He is that God's love. And that's what we're supposed to be like. That's the example we're supposed to have. So since God is for us, then who's against us? Let's see. Um, and in that statement, it doesn't mean that you'll never face adversaries, right? It doesn't mean that, well, since the crisis, I'll never have anybody come against me. No. I mean, if you go on into Romans in verse 35, it talks about some of the worst opposition you could ever think of, famine and nakedness and peril and sword. Well, yeah, those things will be in your life, but because of God's love, they can't separate that love. They can't pull us apart from that. And Paul's, you know, basically when he's talking about, he's quoting out of Psalms 42, 22. We won't read that. But, and he's, he's applying it to himself and the Christians in general. Yeah, these things happen and they will happen, but we don't have to be overcome by them. We don't have to, 
to, um, and we can never be pulled apart from God's love. So I'm going to read in Romans 8, 35 through 37. I'm going to read this in the, the Passion Translation. It says, who could ever divorce us from the endless love of God's anointing one? Absolutely no one. So he said all this previous to this, and he's saying, okay, all this stuff is going on happening, but who could ever separate us from his love? Nobody. And he, he, and I like this translation because he puts it, absolutely no one. It's nobody that could separate us from love, no matter what's happening in your life. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love toward us. No matter what happens, his love is the same as it was from the beginning. There's nothing, I want to say this, there's nothing you can do to diminish his love for you. There's not a thing that you can do that will make him love you any less. He said, well, you don't know what I'll do. Doesn't matter. He still loves you. He loved you before he ever knew you, before you ever knew him, right? So that doesn't change. Jesus loved the whole world enough to come and sacrifice his life. So that hasn't changed. It will never change. It will never grow old. It will never diminish. It doesn't like go up and down like this, you know, because we think that because that's the way our love is kind of. Well, they did this to me, so I don't really love them much as I did yesterday. They upset me. But no, and God's love is the same. It never changes. It doesn't matter what you do, his love's still here. You might be going sliding off the slope, but his love is still here. And he's right there waiting, saying, hey, here I am. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. So no matter what trouble it is, no matter how hard it is, the pressure you have, the stress, the, the fatigue, the problem, it, won't, it can't pull God's love away from you. And it doesn't mean because you're going through that that his love is any less for you than it was yesterday or 10 years ago or two years ago or a year ago. His love for you is the same. None of that separates that love. I want us to realize what that love is. Nothing that happens and nothing, you know, some people say, well, God, you know, he's, probably, he's really upset me. I know he really don't love me anymore because I did this. No. His love never changes. His love never changes. The only thing we feel in that is because we had that in our minds because this is a, an example of love we've seen. Well, when I do stuff wrong, you know, well, so-and-so, I, I know they don't love me. And sometimes that's not even true. You know, um, I, I believe as a parent, no matter what a child does, you still have that love for them that you always have. You might get frustrated and things are hard. You know, we're not God, so we can't keep that <laughs> level there. But we still love them, right? No matter what happens. And then he goes on and says, what about persecutions and deprivations and dangers and death threats? No, for they are all important. They are all impotent, excuse me, to hinder omnipotent love. In other words, they have no power to change God's love. They have no power to change God's love. Think about that for a minute. Nothing that happens, even death threats, have no power to hinder God's love. His powerful, his omnipotent, everywhere, all the time, the same love. You know, omnipotent is like everywhere. No matter where you go, God's love's there. No matter how far down you go, God's love there. No matter how far up you come, God's love is there. It is everywhere. And it's ever surrounding us. Even though it is written, all day long, we face death threats for your sake, God. And see, back then, they were going through some stuff, right? We don't even have an understanding of physically and mentally what they were going through. We get upset because somebody's a little mad at us or, or something doesn't go well. These people were under oppression. They were under death threats all the time. If you're a Christian... 
We are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Wow, what a statement. And he's telling the church, you know what? God loves us even when we face death. Even though people look at us just as a sheep to be slaughtered. Well, God, I mean, that's a horrible thing to feel. You know, and down through the ages, even now we don't experience that here in this country as far as that's concerned that far for the most part. But look at the countries that do. There are countries all over the world that Christians are martyred all the time. I think I read something that there was like 600,000 people martyred, martyred. I forgot in what length of time. I'll have to look that back up. But, but we don't understand that. And it says, yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. You might say, how can I triumph over that when all that's going on? It's because on the inside of you, your spirit man is still strong. No matter what's going on on the outside, no matter what physically is happening, the inside, the spirit man is strong. For God has made us to be what? More than conquerors. Not just conquerors, not just, oh, I'm a conqueror. More than that. To the greatest, I want to say, to the greatest extent of a conqueror. And even more than that, so you know, they're, 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 we think about it in terms of sports and things like that. And, you know, there are those who conquer, who are the greatest, the greatest football team, the greatest basketball team, the greatest baseball team, the greatest swim team, the greatest whatever, the greatest golf pro, whatever it might be. God said, Paul's saying, we're more than that. We're more than conquerors. And his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. Goes back to his love. His demonstrated, what is his demonstrated love? Jesus Christ, who came and, and took our place. That's his demonstration of love. And it gives us victory over everything. No matter what has happened to you, no matter what happens, you're gonna, you, 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 that victory is there. Physically, I can be gone, but my victory is with Jesus. My victory is with him. My victory is Jesus. And so God's love, it's, it's not just a memory. It's not just something in the past. that We know back then God loved God. His love's here and now. His love is everywhere. His love is right here, right now. It didn't die out when Jesus died out. It didn't die out with the apostles. It didn't die out with the, the early church. It didn't die out last generation and the generation before or anything. It's right here and right now. His love is still there. It never went anywhere. <laughs> I like this statement. It's a moment by moment, real time action. Love is a verb. His love, let's demonstrate, it's a verb. It's moment by moment, real time. You know what real time means? It's like right now. Like you watching TV and it says live in the corner. It's right now. It wasn't something that was recorded a few years ago and now it's, no, it's live right now. You know, I have those things live right now. You know, if you watch so many things on, that are live. It's right now. It's an action verb. It's a verb. Agape is the love of action. Agape is the love of action. It's action. I want to um, read this. This is by David Paulson who wrote a book it's called, is John 3.16, the gospel. Listen to this. Agape is the love of action. In other words, eros is centered in the heart, phileo in the mind, but agape is centered in the will. Listen to this. The nearest English word that I can get to agape is care. Hmm. To care for someone means giving them two things, your attention and your action. You're giving them your attention and you're doing something about it. See, that's the greatest love we can show anybody. It's when we give them our attention and we give them 
action. We show them by what we do. It is to do something loving on their behalf. You know, we do things, like I said, because we love people. Um, last week was a busy week. We know we had VBS. And then this week, my dad, we didn't get to do a 90-year celebration last year, so we did a 91st birthday. And we, it was a lot of preparation. We had a lot of food. We sent out invitations. We had over 140 people to come. And we had it in my, um, my dad's church in his big gym, their big gym thing. And it was just an awesome time. It was, was it hard work? Yeah. So you do something loving on somebody's behalf. Essentially, it is a response to someone's need. It is neither a response to their attractiveness or a response, a response to the things that, which may interest them. So it's not, you're not just pulled because you like the way they look or, or you like what they do. No, it's, it's, it's more than that. To act in agape love is to respond to someone else's need, pay attention to that need, and then do something about it. It's kind of like um, when Jesus said, just don't say you, you, know, you need water and just walk by, you take them water. Whatever it is. So agape love is action. It's action love. It's doing something. An action. And it's, it's caring for somebody. You know, after he um, talks about that and in, in, in chapter 13, he talks about love. I'm going to kind of bring it down from this is what agape love is. This is what God has done. This is what Jesus has done. And he expects us to do the same thing. So we're in chapter 13. Paul starts explaining this. And then he talks about, you know, you can have all these gifts, but without love. They're nothing. They're like a clanging symbol. I said that before. Um, you can prophesy. You can have the wisdom and knowledge. You can have the power in the world. You can speak in tongues. You can give all your money to the poor, poor and sacrifice your life. But if you didn't do it in God's agape love, it was for nothing. That's pretty strong stuff, right? But he explains that in 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 4. He's saying, this is what agape love is. This is what God's love is. Love is patient and kind. You know, you can be kind of patient but not be kind. But it's good to be patient and kind. <laughs> well, I'm being patient. Or he said, I'm patient, you know. Go ahead. So love is patient and kind. Paul's describing God's love, he's describing what this love is that he was talking about you need when you're, 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 you're living, you're walking your life and you, you've got all these giftings and got what God is doing, but he's saying you got to do it this way. This is God's love. This is the way you act out agape love. He said love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or what? Rude. Now, the, the word it tells us... Um, To basically, let me try to put this in a way. Um, basically, let me just put it this way. Kind of like speak the truth. That's what it says. How? In love. It's okay to tell somebody the truth, but you got to learn how to do it in love. Do we always do that right? No. But we should work towards that. And, and, and you know, I, that's something that I have to work on in my life sometimes. I just want to say. Right? Don't we want to do that sometimes? Sometimes some of us just built that way, you say. But you know what? You can unbuild that stuff that the world's building. So love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. In other words, it, love does it in a way that's not rude. 
It does not demand its own way. It just say, you know, this, this is what's wrong and you got to get out of it my way, the way I tell you to. You might can give an advice that this is how it happened in my life, but that person's got to learn how to do it. It is not irritable. Oh, Lord, help us all. <laughs> and it keeps no record of being wronged. Well, so-and-so did that to me, and I'm going to... It says agape love does not... Do you, th do you think Jesus does that? Oh, Lord, no. If he would, there wouldn't be anybody left much around. It does not rejoice about injustice. So he does... It's kind, it's not rude, but it doesn't rejoice about these things, right? But it rejoices whenever truth wins out. God. <laughs> this is love. You need to really, you know, we read stuff and we just. Love never gives up on anything, anybody, any, you know, love never gives up. Jesus never gives up on us. God never gives up on us. Never loses faith. See, the, you want to know how, how can I keep this? How can I do Love. It's love. It's love that keeps us from never giving up. Throwing our hands up. I'm done. Love never loses faith. I have faith in what God, and it's always what? Hopeful. Well, I just don't have any hope. Love's always hopeful. There's always hope. And endures through what? Every circumstance. Every circumstance. It endures through it. That's what I was telling you a while ago. Yeah, these circumstances happen, but with the God's love and agape love operating properly in your life, you'll go through that circumstance. It, 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 you can endure through it. You can come out through the end. Amen? Oh. We, we, we have to realize God's love in us and that we are to communicate that love to the world. We just don't say, well, you know, Jesus loved that way. No, we are all to try to, 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 to purpose to have agape action love. I am, um, you know, we all have opportunity to share God's love or we have the opportunity to not see the the thing about God is that he doesn't force you to do anything you know we've heard that the Holy Spirit is a the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and the Holy Spirit's going to nudge you but he's not going to make you do it see Jesus said I left the Holy Spirit here to lead and to guide you I'm going to go away I'm going on to be back with my father, but I'm leaving a paraclete. I'm leaving the Holy Spirit who will stick with you closer than a brother. And I'm, and he's going to lead you and guide you. He's going to nudge you. He's going to tell you. See, leading and guiding doesn't mean it, it makes you do anything. You know, you can go wherever and they got a guide. Like say you want to go hiking in, in, the, in this wilderness or something and you've got a guide well you have the choice to do what he says or not right if you don't do what he says you may end up who knows where in the midst of a bear den or something or whatever a lion's den I don't know but you know that you have to um, listen so I want to read um, 1 Corinthians I'm going to read in chapter 13 again Verse 4 through 8, 8 a.m. I'll call it because I want to end up with that this morning. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 in the NIV says, Love is patient. 
right? We've already talked about that. We know that. Love is kind. It does not envy. It's not jealous. It does not boast, right? It's not proud. It doesn't boast about who it is or who they are, who you are, whatever. It does not dishonor others. You know, some people would dishonor others for what reason do they do that most of the time is to gain. You know, sometimes you're working with somebody and they, they're just looking for you to do something that they can run tell somebody so they can take your place or so they can be greater than you, right? So they can get promoted up. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It's not about all about you. It's not easily angered and it keeps no record of wrongs. And love does not delight in evil. God's agape love does not delight in evil. Let me kind of put this, it does not delight in something happened to somebody that you just kind of dislike or whatever. It doesn't delight in that. I'm glad they got what was coming to them. But it rejoices with the truth. And this last part, I like the way it puts it here. Says it always protects. Love always protects. Always trusts. Always hopes and always preserves. So basically the end of this and the end of, in a lot of the verses stop with, with the, in a lot of it it says it this way, but love never fails. Ever, never, never. God's love never fails. See, God's love focuses on um, on what's eternal, eternally satisfying. Not most loves satisfy on what's going on right now or what's happening right now. You know, the, the brotherly love, it, it's focused, but God's agape love focuses on what's um, eternal, what's infinite, what lasts forever, Right? His love, this, this kind of love lasts forever. The other kinds will be here for a while. And, and what, but this love, this agape love of God never fails. It never stops. It lasts forever. See, when we get a picture of Christ, we get a picture of him on the cross and what he did, we have a perfect picture of God's love. A perfect picture. In other words, he gave up everything. He, he took no thought for himself. He wasn't doing it for personal gain. He didn't do it um, for any reason except that his love. He was willing to go to that cross. He didn't have to. At any time, he could stop it. You know, that's something to say he had the power to stop it right at any point, but he did not. That's love. You know, if you have the power to stop what's going on, but you hold on because of love, guess what? That's what Jesus did. You know what? And we know this, hopefully if you're a Christian, it wasn't the nails that held Jesus to the cross. There were thousands of angels ready to rescue him at, at the beck and call. But he saw me and he saw you and he said, I love them. And I want them to experience this love that my father has for me that will last how long? For eternity. Forever. This is the truth about God's love. There's hope for the hopeless. 
There's peace. There's forgiveness. There is love. That's God's love. And God wants us to express that to other people. That's what we're here for, is express God's love. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand up this morning. You know, um, there are many things that people go through. And there are things that are happening in your life. And God wants you to know how much he loves you. See, we want to accept that when everything changes, boom, immediately. Well, God loves me because this happened. It's not. That's not it. See, that song that says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Christ alone. He's that cornerstone. Christ alone is that love that reaches out to you and to me. And we're to be the best example of that love, that love in action as we can be. Will we, until we meet Jesus, ever be able to do it perfectly all the time? No. But we need to realize it and we need to strive towards that, right? We're, we're growing, we're maturing, and we can get better and better and better at it. Hallelujah, let's bow our heads and Father, we thank you today. I invite everyone, I invite everyone online, everyone in this building to realize who Christ is. Realize what our main calling is. Realize how we carry out our calling. It's through the agape love of God. It's through that kind of love that reaches out. That kind of love that is action. That kind of love that forgives. That kind of love that's never ending. And that's Christ's love for us. So as you're this morning thinking about that. And say, God, I want to be that kind of love to those around me. You know, and that forgiveness, I may have failed even this week, even this morning. But God is there with his agape love saying, come on, I forgive you. Now let's go forward. So Father, I lift up every person in this room, every person online, and I lift them up to you and I say, God, just let them see your love. I just pray this morning that this word is, has revealed and is revealing your love for them this morning. Take it in your heart. Say, God, you know, I'm, I just got some more of understanding of who you really are and how much you really love us. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, praise you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. sing that song at least the first part of it together as, as our prayer this morning my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness I dare not against the Hallelujah. 
Christ alone. Father God, that you are our cornerstone, our love in the midst of the storm, that we can go through any storm, any peril, any situation, any circumstance through your love. And it's you, Jesus, that gives us that. You alone, nobody else, nothing else. We thank you for that this morning, Lord. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that we give you all the praise, the glory, and honor. We lift you up this morning. We lift up this community, this city, this state, this nation to you. And Lord, we pray that your love will be shown through your people, through your people, that we would show that agape love, that God kind of love to those. And we just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor, Father. We thank you for all your many blessings. Lord, we just praise you and thank you, Father. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. You know, I want you to have, pray for you. Have a blessed day. Just remember those. Remember Miss Debbie. Remember the other ones that need prayer. Those who are traveling. Those who, are, who may uh, be sick. We just lift them up in Jesus' name. Y'all have a blessed day. Amen.